Georgie? The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. Come with me if you want to live. Hello and welcome to Road to Nowhere, the comic book, sci-fi and horror movie podcast. I'm your host Andy Connor and tonight I'm delighted to be joined by Rob Simpson from Directors Uncut to give our initial reactions to, I mean, a just a recently released movie is clearly... Well, yeah, today. <laughs> Literally a few hours ago. The, the mm-hmm. first screening that I could get to was 11 o'clock and it is Evil Dead Rise we're going to be talking about tonight. Um, mm. Rob... How are you doing? I'm not doing bad, not bad at all. Um, so a new movie, cool movie, yeah, a new cinema. You don't get to do that often. It was right by the coast as well. It was freezing because we live in, like, you not, you're more north than me, so it's probably even colder up there. But even so, in the north, the coast is just, you don't go there. It's too cold. Mm. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah. Beautiful views, beautiful views, though. Nice. Well, I've had shorts on all day so a bit because it's been 17 degrees like i don't know if that's uh, that's shorts weather up here um that's uh, Ge- that's geordie's going on a night out without a t-shirt on whether that is <laughs> uh, my, my wife is from Kaleo and she always speaks about being out in the winter with nothing but a t-shirt or, or a top and a, like a skirt on or something like that in December. It's just, it's oh. <laughs> similar <laughs> in Glasgow. Built different. Built different. Yeah. <laughs> it plus, it's, I've got, I've got like posty legs as well. I'm used to wearing shorts in all weathers um, because it makes no. sense. But, mm. <laughs> but yeah, um, so we are going to be talking tonight about the new release uh, from director Lee Cronin, Evil Dead Rise, mm-hmm. which has had a massive amount of hype for a good few months at least. Um, before we get on to the new release, Rob, what is your thoughts, relationship? Um, you're kind of... What is your feelings towards the Evil Dead franchise? Have you always been a big fan or is well, it something... It took a while... Because mm. I'm not one of these people who you get people on podcasts saying, oh, I watched my first horror movie when I was eight. I watched Hellraiser when I was eight. It's like, no, come on, behave. And it took me a while to get into horror. The first time I saw <laughs> Evil Dead, it was too much for me. I didn't get it. It was just too overwhelming. I couldn't handle it. Mm. But uh, years later, when I finally sort of figured it out, it's become one of my um, sort of go-tos. Yeah. The Evil Dead franchise is one of my things. Mm-hmm. So I absolutely love it. The only one that I have a bit of a bond with is Army of Darkness, but it just feels so very, very different. I mean, I'm including the TV show in this as well. I love the TV show. But right, okay. Army of Darkness, I've always had a bit of a funny time with. But mm. beyond that, yeah, it's just big fan of Evil Dead. Yeah. It was when I came to it really late, like, and I think it had a bit of notoriety, didn't it, because of the whole Video Nasty era. And it, it earned that as well with the tree rip and the first, and it had to be on that list, yeah. Yeah, yeah, especially in 1981, so you're looking at a time when 
I mean, in what was it, 77, 78 Texas Chainsaw, or would it have been before that? 74 or 78, somewhere around there. Uh, It's between those and that was on the list as well. And then you look back on these types of movies and Texas Chainsaw particularly is one I've I've rewatched recently. Um, It's what you think's happening more than what actually happens. Very clever. But evil, yeah, but the but the very first that evil dead um is there's a lot in that that you can see why censors back then would have kind of shied away from it and taken the stance that they did, especially in the UK where everyone's got a stick up their ass. Yeah, it was Mary Whitehouse, wasn't it? Who, uh, I think she was just a secret horror fan, but, you know, mm. I don't know. It's, she protested a bit too much, I think. Mm. I just, I, I think I just blame Margaret Thatcher. I, probably it's, nothing to do with her, but fuck it, why not? <laughs> it's the easiest thing to do, which is an evil yeah. witch and may she burn in hell. <laughs> Maybe I don't say that because she's probably part of an economic on it. Isn't it? <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. It's one of them. Um, yeah, it's, it was it was always a franchise. I was It was a franchise I was quite late to. And something because I didn't watch a lot of horror when I was younger because I was so scared of it. Like, I was mm. quite a late kind of convert to horror movies. Yeah. It was it was one that I never really got the first time I watched it. Like I just went, oh that was okay. Like that's clearly like yeah. you're watching something through a kind of early noughties lens and saying, Oh god, that looks that looks shit. Yeah, it's like but, the fir- first time I saw it on that, the bit where all of the pictures are laughing him in and two, that was like uh, as a young kid, mm. I was like, that's really scary. <laughs> I can't handle that. But yeah, yeah, a few years later, yeah, all the difference. Yeah. And because what you're doing then is I suppose you're appreciating like a different style of filmmaking from what we had seen. Like I remember, I mean, I went to see like Saw when it first came out, I think in 2001 or 2003, when I run a bit at that time. And yeah. you're looking at something which is really kind of visceral, nasty gore that isn't comical the way it is in Evil Dead. In Evil no, Dead, in Evil what, Dead what 2 is, maybe. And- what is that? Like? Something that Sam Raimi said, punching someone in the face... Once isn't funny, but punching him in the face five times is very funny. Yeah, that's the sort of way he operates with the violence. It's just mm. goes beyond the pale. It's what's the term? Splat stick. Yeah, uses for it. Yeah, it's like um, I think Seth Rogen mentioned at one time about telling a joke or, or, or having a. a comedic scene where you 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 have the comedy scene and it's quite funny but then you drag it out a wee bit more till it becomes like unbearable and really not funny at all but then the kind of third part of the joke is you're still keeping it going yeah and it becomes even funnier by that point because it's so ridiculous it's kind of evil dead of that time kind of felt similar to that like it was it was it was uh, had the the nastiness, sort of the, the point, the, the points of the kind of visceral nastiness, like it's the, anarchic and over the mm. top and chaotic. It's, yeah, it's one of these horror franchises where if you go into Evil Dead thinking, "What's the story? Who are the characters? Where's their character development?" Mm. I mean, behave. <laughs> it's, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, it's anarchy. <laughs> it's anarchy in a horror series. Yeah, and. Do you have a favourite from the franchise? I know you said you've got a kind of a wee bit of an issue with Army of Darkness, but I think Army of Darkness is just such a weird kind of standalone on itself as well. Like, yeah. 
it's a, it's a franchise that doesn't really have a canon. It doesn't follow lore or anything no. like that. I mean, the only consistent lore is there's a cabin in the woods where things happen, and there's mm. an Oldsmobile. And I don't, yeah. I don't think I spotted it in this new one. I might, I don't know, maybe, but I wasn't. I don't know what an Oldsmobile looks like by sight to say whether it is or not. You certainly know in twenty twenty three anyway. I mean, there's there's cars in this one. Maybe it's there. Yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but there's no law. But favourites. Um, I guess it has to be the one that made me really click with it. it has to be uh, Evil Dead Two. Mm, same as myself, actually. Yeah, um, yeah. It's so wild, like it's so nonsense. I think, yeah, which is what I really love about it. And it's and yeah, and it's Bruce Campbell coming in. He's becoming Ash, really. Um, and obviously, you probably know as well. The amazing thing about the Evil Dead Two was the whole opening. Like Sam Raimi couldn't get the rights to um, scenes from the original to do like a recap before starting Evil Dead Two, so he just yeah. refilmed it. <laughs> like he just refilmed an, another movie for the first kind of fifteen minutes leading into Evil Dead Two, which then becomes its this whole other monster. Yeah, it's just it's just fun, really, isn't it? I mean, I don't even mm. call it a horror comedy. It it's kind of a weird thing. It's not. And it is, it's just, it's a straight horror, but it's just everything about it is turned up to 11, where mm. there's no sort of logic to anything. Everything's over the top. It's got Bruce Campbell yeah. fighting his own hand. It's just yeah. so many things that could go spectacularly wrong. Mm. Yeah. But I don't know why the dawns. It's just magic. It's a magic mm. series, really. And uh, I have a soft spot for the remake as well because I think that mm. one's misunderstood. I mean, for one, it's got like blood rain. Blood rain is just awesome in any movie. Yep. And there's like little bits as well where people think hey, it's not got a sense of humour, but it has. It's just got a really, really, really <laughs> jet black sense of humour. Like yeah. a little bit where one of the characters cuts his arm off with sort of a turkey. I don't know what to call him. You cut the skin off the turkey, you, you get there uh, for me. And you just cut his arm off and it's hanging by a little bit of string. He says, ah, I feel so much better. It's <laughs> There's humour in that. It's over the top yeah. and it's really, 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 really graphic. <laughs> yeah. And he turns anyway, so it didn't even matter. <laughs> like he does that and then turns.
Time to go to sleep. Um, touching then on actually the remake or the the reimagining, actually was watching a um a review from Kermode back when it came out. I mean, that's you're talking ten years now, and he says, "No, this is definitely this is a remake of the Evil Dead because of certain points." And I kind of disagreed with him a wee bit. I don't see it as a remake. For one, you don't have Ash. If it was a remake, nah. you're going to have Ash. You don't have a surrogate um, for him either. There's no no Ash style no character. One. You kind of get the feeling that it would maybe be the brother um, from it. And the first person who gets possessed ends up being your protagonist. Yeah, it's a um, nice twist, that, yeah. Yeah, it's decent. It's definitely a reimagining and one that kind of lived within the world. And then there's a post credit scene of Ash. Just saying groovy. <laughs> just saying groovy. I mean, it does not fit well, I don't think, at all with that Fede Alvarez one. Um, it, but it's. It's a if remake. It's, it's kind of like a remake and, or a reboot or whatever you want to call it in the sense of it's the exact same story, but it's happening to a completely different set of people and a completely mm-hmm. different set of circumstances. It's just yeah. there's demons, there's a book, there's a cabin in the woods mm-hmm. in the same way that yeah. the first two were. And that's about as close as you get, really. Beyond that, mm-hmm. it just takes some real bold swings, I think. Yeah, and you get a, a kind of visual representation of the evil at the end with the kind of almost Samara-esque a demon that's chasing after the, the kind of the lead character as well, which mm. is the uh, what she says, uh, eat this. Oh, fuck, what's this is oh, oh, the, the, the kind of cracking scene at the end. I can't remember exactly the line while the rain's falling, and it's like, I'll devour yeah. your soul, or devour this motherfucker, or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, so brilliant, yeah. yeah. Like, I think it's a, a, a massively underrated and under, underappreciated movie. Because you're talking about a franchise that hadn't had anything for probably 20 years at that point as yeah. well. Yeah, I think it's just the horror fans are a bit precious when it comes to remakes. Mm. And it's sort of, yeah. I hate to say this, but kind of grow up a bit. I, I, yeah, I, I totally agree with you that. Because it, it maybe feels different for someone who's not always been a fan of the Evil Dead franchise. Like, I've never been huge on it. Um, and I, I still really am not. Like, I, I have my favourites and I, I enjoy it as a franchise, but it's never been close to my heart. Maybe the way that, like, the the TV movie was or Pit Cemetery and things like that. Like, Stephen mm. King based ones is kind of what I would lean to in terms of horror. Yeah, um, or even, even Paranormal Activity. I mean, if they remade Paranormal Activity, which they kind of did two years ago and it was awful. <laughs> and <laughs> the, yeah, let's not talk about Nick's again. Um, I've, I've not got that affiliation. So, I, and again, it's kind of similar with like Friday the 13th remakes and Nightmare on Elm Street remakes. People immediately go, this is going to be awful. And with the Friday the 13th one, no, sorry, Nightmare on Elm Street one, they were right. It was terrible. It was just Michael Bay trying to make money off Platinum Dunes. But the Friday the 13th, yeah. The Friday the 13th was actually not terrible. It was a decent, again, a reimagining. And the reaction to the Fede Alvarez one is kind of similar to the reaction I feel with his Texas Chainsaw that was released on Netflix. Like, Mm. I don't think that was terrible. It was an 80-minute movie about about a uh, leather face that you it was kind of it, it kind of went for the legacy character sequel 
and it maybe didn't work fantastically well on that, but it had elements that worked. It was a lot more visceral, obviously. Yeah. But so yeah, some I, just, I, I mean, that, it's like that sort of mentality, isn't it? I mean, you made this new version or remake of this old movie, and therefore you've ruined my childhood. It's like those things can like exist independent of each other, and exactly. there's yep. going to be an audience of people out there. I don't know what I don't want to put an age on them or generation on them, but I think I'm not watching a movie from 1974 from 1981, so they never will. And this any sort of new iteration sort of capture the spirit of that, but for a new audience, I think there's room for them, honestly. And like I say, I mean, horror fans just can tend to be a bit precious about things that they like. And yeah. maybe sort of lighting, lighten up a little bit, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. And I wonder if it's, there seems to be like a, almost like a, a kind of Venn diagram of these people that don't like the horror remakes, but then they would happily sit and watch a remake of something from the Far East because it's been put into yeah. an English language movie like The Ring. I think they go have. Gore Fabinski wanted it, it was, yeah. a really great uh, retelling of the ring, but then you get ones like I mean we've got See No Evil getting remade, um, really, which was out last year. Yeah, that's... James McAvoy. So it's Bloomhouse that's remaking it uh, oh. with James McAvoy in the lead. But like, why? Like, and but they, I get for the feeling that these people that have are against classic horrors getting remade are the same ones that would probably sit and go, well, I'm not reading subtitles. I'm going to watch the American version of that. Like Wreck, we had it with Wreck that was made like two years after. That was, and it was uh, awful. Quarantine, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Quarantine, it was called, yeah, and it was terrible. Um, It'd be all right if the original doesn't exist, but, you know, by being in, you know, the same conversation as an all-timer, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's bad. Yeah, I mean, Quarantine is essentially shot for shot the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember if it's set in New York or something like that, but, but it's just why bother with that when you've got the Spanish version of Wreck? You, you're going to get to a point when you're in your 50s and 60s anyway where you're going to have to read subtitles because you can't really hear much. So well, uh, just do uh, it early doors. To be honest, I, I do it now because I think just the sound mix of a lot of movies is really bad. They make the audio really, the, the spoken audio really, really quiet and the mu- like music really, really loud. So it's... Aye. Yeah. The sound mixes are really playing fast and loose these days, so sometimes you just got to put subtitles on. Especially through streaming. Yeah. Through streaming, it's really difficult to kind of get that um, balance right on, uh, on your... You've got this new fancy TV and this new fancy streaming service, and they can't get it spot on for both sides. I've found myself loads of times just sticking subtitles on, and I'm... I mean, my hearing's not great, but it's, it's not as good as it was. Um, <clears throat> so, as you said, the 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 Fede Alvarez one kind of comes into canon slightly with the earlier ones, and you've you've mentioned Army of Darkness. Then, so Army of Darkness is for me out of the four movies before Rise is the kind of weird cousin of. Everything else, like it, yeah. it, it does stand on its own. It's really strange. It's got almost it, obviously it's got kind of Ray Harryhausen style uh, deadites or skeletons and things like that in it. It's 
it's one I've only actually seen, I think, twice. It's, on my rewatch, I didn't watch that before, Rise. I've seen it about three times, four times, mm. but it, yeah. it still just doesn't land for me. It's, I don't know, it feels like they were given the blank check, so they're going to just do the, the idea that they had in the back pocket regarding it all along. Because, you know, um, Sam Raimi went on to executive produce Hercules, and that, that feels... I don't know where the chronologically chronology is where mm-hmm. what he did first, but it makes sense if he likes that sort of sword and sandal sort of a historical fantasy. Yeah, how he ended up doing both of those things really because it's it's mm. specific genre and specific trappings, and if you like that sort of stuff, fine. But when the previous two movies were very tight, very compact, very contained. Mythology mm-hmm. lights, action, bloodfests, and then you yeah. got this expansive uh, comedy set within sort of uh, fantasy history. It's it doesn't feel it's like it's set in England as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like he gets transported to England randomly from I'm assuming LA. I think the first ones are set. Um, yeah, they said so. Yeah. Uh, it's. I don't know. I can understand people liking it, but it's just a matter of getting... If you like the genre, you like the thing, but fantasy history mm-hmm. is niche, I think. Mm. And it, it was never really... It wasn't called Evil Dead, Army of Darkness. It was called Army of Darkness, so they never even really had that that kind of link. It's almost... It's. It, I think from what I'd read, I'm pretty sure they said that that was how he wanted to end the first one. Yeah, but probably didn't have the budget. He wanted to, yeah, he wanted to end it with with Ash ending up in that weird kind of dystopian, not dystopian, sorry, um, a historical version where deadites are Roman free, mm. almost like, and yeah, it's it's a very strange one. Um, it's one I've never really again. I, I could watch it happily but it isn't, I wouldn't ever really bother my ass with it to be honest mm. um, but yeah so uh, Evil Dead well, Ashes vs Evil Dead the TV show and the remake are kind mm. of course corrections right okay back so on sort of the, a topic for me as sort of mm-hmm. like a demon possession horror with lots of blood so I've never I've not watched Ash vs Evil Dead yet yeah. um, I've, I've always meant to but um I've just never got around to it. Is it worthwhile checking out? Yeah, I mean, it's got some great episodes. Ones that really stand out, there was one where a deadite possesses a car and it's like a really messed, really messed up version of Christine. Um, There's other ones as well. I remember an episode where he has to do some really nasty things to a corpse in a a mortuary. So it kind of has that very gross-out aspect of it, which I think... uh, Evil Dead just is Evil Dead with that gross out element and Bruce Campbell yeah. being thrown around and there's lots of that. It's obviously good. Yeah. Yeah. It's just fun. Yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of good things about it. It's just one, because I've never really, like, kind of rewatched the series, I've never, by series, I mean series of movies, sorry, um, I've never really known enough about it to go back into Ash versus Evil Dead, but I think I will. It definitely seems like a, a kind of Bruce Campbell vehicle, yeah. more than potentially. I think I heard um, Chris Hewitt talking about it, and it Ash versus Evil Dead came up 
because of discussions around Evil Dead 4, mm. um, which just never happened. And does it lean more comedic? It's both. A lot it's, more, a com- it's comedy right. horror. It's uh, it's kind of fantasy-ish in the sense of what's going on in the world and sort of the okay. bigger story that they're telling, but it's it's still pretty horror. It's still plenty horror. still plenty comedy. Cool. And sort of uh, makes a big joke out of uh, Bruce Campbell's uh, Ash being a bit of an idiot. Which he is. He <laughs> yeah. is. That's kind of the point of him. He's a dickhead and an idiot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he kind of fits into both those categories. Um, <clears throat> so then, let's go on to what we've recently watched. Let's talk about Evil Dead Rise. What's up, sis? I had the most beautiful dream. It was the perfect day. And all I could think about was how much I wanted to cut you all open and then climb inside your bodies. (laughs) So that we could stay one happy family. (laughs) When I was just a little girl I asked my mother What is this, Danny? I found it. What will I be? saw it day release today obviously mm. um there's been a huge amount of hype around it um there's a, a, a twitter hashtag involving a cheese grater um, yes. <laughs> and it has a it's, it's it's just had this um just kind of swell of Hype from I think people saw it. Did, was it was it Sundance last year? It was maybe released uh, or yes, it was Sundance. I tried to get a screener for it, but yeah, 
They went. It just wasn't happening. We got we got yeah. access to the premiere in London, though, so mm. mm-hmm. they came good in the end. Which is great when you're up in the north. Yeah, it is <laughs> really great. Um, so I'll just ask you then. Um, initial thoughts, spoiler free. Um, well, just explain the plot. I think uh, it starts yeah. with a cold yeah. open in the it's sort of a cabin in the woods, and then it goes in the innocent. Not going into it too much, but it sort of sets up one of the characters is possessed, two of her friends. One's a douchebag of a drone, and the other one's a thoughtful girl who reads Wuthering Heights. There's a mm. deadite there, so that goes how you, you'd expect. And there's an amazing title card. Like, oh. The title card's fantastic. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, so good. Yeah, I can't explain it. It's just like she she starts hovers over the water, and the evil dead name sort of comes out from behind the mountains, and just the music. Uh, it's like, oh, so good. Yeah. Uh, and then it goes to a, a, a rise here. And we'll call it a high rise because it doesn't seem that tall. But, and then again, there's like 14 yeah. stories on the elevator. So I, I don't know. Um, I didn't count floors, but it did seem a wee bit ambiguous. <laughs> yeah. um, but generally, I think it's just, it gets back to sort of that real anarchic, nasty, evil shit of a movie. But it's all set mm. within a... a a block of flats and the real dangerous move to it is it doesn't do it to sort of drunk 20 something drunk teenagers it does it to kids all this violence mm-hmm. and all this rage you just let out on kids and wow does it let out some violence on kids this is the most violent and bloody evil dead to date and to say that that's saying a lot because this is a series not for being violent and bloody yeah it's definitely um it has an element of the nastiness that I think the first Evil Dead had, the Evil Dead, mm. that before it became full-on, kind of going more into the weird and the comedic, the Deadites have a playfulness and a mischievousness and that the total, they've maybe not seen for a while. The trolls and the rassles, and they know they are. <laughs> they just oh, mess with people, oh, exactly. totally mess with people, yeah. pretend to be dead, mm. and then just, you know do tricks mm. and say horrible things and they're just they're just little bitches honestly yeah. <laughs> they're nice the use, of, the use of the word cunt in this is fantastic yeah. <laughs> as, a, as an advocate for that word it um, works really well in this like but it's it's done impactfully yeah like and somebody's head's beating in with the butt <laughs> of a shotgun so you know it's something for everybody yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly and um what did you think then in terms of obviously we don't get the Maybe try not to give away spoilers. We'll go into a spoilery more chat. But there is a book of the dead, but it's not the one we've known. It's not the Necronomicon we've known from the earlier ones. No, I mean, it's, it's made through flesh. It seems to but be. It's not got the face. I mean, it looked like they had it on the back and they didn't turn it over. I thought that, but then there's a couple of things that are mentioned and kind of spread throughout that maybe suggest that it's not that Necronomicon. Mm. So it's very interesting the way they've kind of left it open-ended because... Don't, they, don't call it that, they don't call it Necronomicon. They call it something else. I wasn't taking enough, yeah, they, taking enough attention to know what the, the words they used they refer to it was. Uh, some... Uh, uh, oh, God, I can't even remember. But yeah, I think it, it does that really well. Um, it expands the lore because the Evil Dead lore has never been something that has been set in stone. Nah. 
but it, it does well of expanding that. Like I could imagine this movie is still set in the the world of the original, and even the world of the Fed Alvarez one. Yeah, um, I like to think so. It feels like it's almost like a continuation of different stories. Violence-wise, it's very much like the remake, but I think it takes it further. I mean, it's got yeah. little bits in this. Uh, call it Chekhov's Woodchipper. You know, if you see a wood chipper in an Evil Dead movie, you're going to have to use the wood yeah. chipper. You see that near the start, and you go, "That's going to play a part." Yeah. <laughs> we are a hundred percent in there. Um, it plays with the the element of the kind of early, the earlier movies with the the tape recordings of someone reading the Necronomicon yeah. out. Plays that through this douchey kid, oh, this douchey kid who I, thinks he's a danger. Hipster lens of here's a vinyl. I mean, it's almost like the Necronomicon in this is is set up just purposefully for that person to find, yeah. so he can spin it and <laughs> like just work it that way for itself. And, and um, is uh, and is sort of a guitar engineer as well, so perfect mm. job to sort all this stuff out. Yeah, so I, I think. We've kind of discussed a wee bit about... I think the best thing to do if we're talking about this movie is going spoilery because it's not a huge amount of spoilers. I mean, like I said earlier, it's not a movie with a plot. It's not a movie with, like, huge character development. It's just... Mm-hmm. It's a rocket ship, basically. Yeah, and it is, it's chaos. Yeah. It is generally a chaotic movie, which works to its, its yeah, favour. I mean, some people um, have called it a slasher, and if you call it a slasher, you don't understand what Evil Dead is. No, it's not a slasher at all. I, I, I can see people saying that, but uh, for me, it is just anarchic, um, which is what makes it brilliant. Like, so let's, from now, at the just over the half hour mark, we're going to go full spoilers. Groovy. So, but as we said about the opening, we don't see a Book of the Dead. No. We get a fucking scalping scene never, <laughs> never, never ready for laws never ready oh, oh and the fact that the person survives that as well blood everywhere <laughs> it is is a yeah it's a fantastic opening because, yeah. it's so just really put that into picture she grabs all of a ponytail and just yanks the whole hair off so that's i think i don't even know if she grabs a ponytail i think she wraps her finger round her hair oh, man. and just rips oh, up man. and then oh. you see the next time you see her <laughs> she's walking down up here with no scalp and then the deadite friend of hers comes down and just throws it in the ground and it, it's just it's such a it sets you up very well for what's happening yeah. in this movie and again it's the cabin in the woods set up so it's almost like a throwback not fully like Evil Dead. It's not the same cabin or anything like that, yeah. but it's it's just so nasty. It's great. Just to show like, how like absolute dicks the deadites are. There's like a drone that's hanging about, and you one of the other girl says, "Don't mess about with the drone. You could have took my head off." So, <laughs> what the the deadite does is just throws a head at it and then goes under the water just so it can grab hold of the guy and mess with him. It just you're just toying yeah. with them like yeah. it, it's food. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's just fun, I think. Yeah, and it's the... In fact, that's one thing I would actually like to touch on because the opening of the movie feels very much like Raimi. I think Lee Cronin has 
something maybe that Fede Alvarez didn't do in the 2013 version, he has embraced the Sam Raimi-ness of it. Sam Raimi is very well known for his quick shots and panning and moving cameras yeah. and everything's very fluid. Fede Alvarez maybe made it a bit too cinematic in 2013's version. Yeah. But I think uh, Lee Cronin in this one is, uh, he certainly, he's got some great cinematography in Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Which I'll, we can maybe touch on when we get into the um, the apartment side of it. But he seems to embrace the raminess of the Evil Dead, which I think adds to this. Like the, the opening scene you think is the evil. Yeah. It's cutting through forests. It's flying over the water and then it turns out it's just a drone which is a really good yeah. just a kind of bait that's, that's the, that's, just, that's the famous it. evil dead shot isn't it he just stuck a camera on a stick mm. and ran through the woods that's, that's <laughs> how he did it but yeah. it, it's so synonymous of evil dead and do that sort of whooshing noise and there you go that's evil dead 101 and he does that but it's a drone and he's playing with you he's yeah. really playing with you which is yeah, and it cuts to the person that's zooming in on panicking, and then usually you'll get maybe a, a cut to black or something in an Evil Dead. But in this, it is literally just oh fuck, it's just a drone that someone's messing about with, and she says that could have cut my head off, or it wouldn't it would have maybe just scarred you a wee bit or something. Not like, that, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it's we get that we get the visceral nasty uh, scalping we get. I mean the scene in the in the lake where it's the boyfriend of what you think is maybe the kind of anti uh, protagonist at the start. And no no not his boyfriend, sorry, that there's the the sick person yeah. um or deadite um and he jumps into the river after her and then the head comes out of the water and she rises literally and it's called Evil Dead Rise, so you maybe don't even realise at that point that it's not even to do really with these characters mm. but as you as we spoke about earlier on that title card opening with the, yeah. the deadite coming out the water is uh, it's beautiful I mean it's fantastic it does cinema. loop around to explain who those people are though at the end yeah yeah of course yeah yeah and as I said we're going full spoiler now so it turns out it cuts to it says one day earlier I'm not a fan of that sort of stuff but it's fine it was probably my least favourite part of the movie was the the start. The start is great, but when it's kind of bookmarked with the end, I wasn't huge on. Um, that was my least favourite part of the. It was kind of bookended by. Yeah, I mean, you could have put the, slightly you lazy. Put that cord open at the end, and I don't think it would have been a huge amount of difference, really. But it, it, it's fine. But uh, yeah, we go to like this nightclub in some place. Yeah, she's in the. Uh, the main character is on the toilet, and we find out that she's pregnant um, in mm. sort of a grossy club somewhere. Been many places like right. that for for gigs. Uh, <laughs> and then we go to some unnamed American city in the uh, block of flats, which is about to be knocked down in a month, apparently. Mm. It's in LA because she says she got an Uber from LAX oh, okay. straight away. Well, well spotted, but yes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> little bit of family interactions. We got the douchebag uh, teenage boy who uh, plays records badly. Uh, <laughs> uh, adorable little girl who's got this. Um, she took the head off a doll and she put a stick on it <laughs> with massive. And scissors. she called it Staffney, and I love that. <laughs> Teen- and she says Staffney will save us. Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I- um Cassie. Cassie, Cassie, Cassie is... Yeah. I can't remember how yeah. she's characterised. She's uh, 
Well, the other, the, the middle sister, she's sort of the, the smart head, the, the mature one of the three. Mm-hmm. So Cassie's the wee girl. Aye, that's the yeah. the Staffney. Yeah. Um, but the, the mum, the, the three characters, those three characters, mum has, the husband's left them. So as mm. she tells the kids to go and get some pizza and she'll explain it to her sister what happened. And as that happens, there's an earthquake. Um, mm. In the basement of the building <laughs> and the car park is like a hole and the douchebag younger brother goes in there and finds this bank vault, basically, full mm. of all sorts yeah. of stuff. Uh, there's a room full of crosses, There's, um, which clearly is a sign of don't mess about with this thing. Something's got on here. <laughs> uh, and he finds a box full of records, like not literal records, like, yeah. like written documents. Uh, two yeah. LPs and the Book of the Dead, and thinking, "Oh, that's mm. cool! I can make music out of this." That's how I sort of thought he was thinking. Anyway, he grabs all the laws mm-hmm. and takes yeah. it with flat. I think he sees the the book and goes, "This must be worth ah, something." Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and the the LPs are just he plays vinyl in his room, and that's just kind of part of it. And yeah, it's it's. Um, the whole earthquake thing is really quite. It, it's it's an interesting wee way to kind of develop the story because we've heard early on that oh below here there was a vault and the the guy that was in control of the vault hung himself. I was hung by someone, and if you walk about with change in your pocket, he'll hear you. <laughs> so then it breaks into the next time you see something is a massive vault underneath this uh, block of flats. So it's it kind of it sets it up kind of really nicely. Um, <clears throat> we all know what's going to happen then once they pick up the book as being Evil Dead fans. Yeah, and he puts. It's not they... for the book being written, written though, because I don't think there's any text in it. It's just no, it's basically it. just a load of graphic pictures. Yeah, and I was quite um, intrigued by that because I think it's something. I don't know. Again, knowing about the lore, there isn't the the text to read out, and it's played out through the vinyl. Yeah, like the first, um, through his massive the first speakers. Ones, he has like two <laughs> records. The first one's like an auction in the hall, sort of room. Sort of, he, he, he did not read that room because he just gets booed out of the building basically. Mm. And the second one, he like reads something out, and in reading it out and playing back that recording, we get the camera zipping through the streets, uh, heading towards this building mm. where it finds his mum, who has come down from the ground floor, who is from doing uh, the washing. Mm-hmm. I think she's heading down to do the washing. Maybe, I mean, I mean that's yeah, quite the mechanic, nice. the <laughs> She's involved. <laughs> she's yeah, in a she's lift. In a lift and she's doing washing at some point. And it was a sort of a proxy yeah. of the, the tree rip scene, but it's like... Uh, Cables come out from the lift and sort of throttle her and then grab her and then sort of just possess her. And Mm. if you've seen an evil dead, you kind of know the rest. Uh, I think it's essentially just the extent of violence that it goes to, which is the real sort of variation here, because holy shit, it's violent. (laughs) Yeah. And I think what it shows actually in this one, which I don't know if we've seen in one before, was the mum, Ellie, she actually dies. Yeah, absolutely. She's dead. She is like physically dead. Like, and then 
the the kind of turnaround of what is happening to her happens after she's dead. So I don't know if that's something we've ever seen before. Um, in the sense of the, like it's usually the possession happens. The Deadites just screw with and people. Then they the Deadites screw with people. That's, as, yeah. that's about as far as it, the people become dead. That's as far as it took it in other things. Mm. But Yeah, but in this one, it's like the possession of a dead person yeah. almost. Well, the possession's happened, but they've not... Um, Kind of, they've not came out their shell until she's. Yeah, so been mummy's dead. not here anymore. She's with the maggots. <laughs> is a line that uh, she says. Like, yeah, that that scene, like it was in the trailers as well. But she is like crawling up the walls, and she then falls into the the bath. The bath has been mm. boiling, and then she, you just see the fingers coming up over the lid of the bath yeah. and they yeah. say, mummy, mummy's with the maggots. She child. is such a committed <laughs> performance, so such a physical, amazing performance. She's fantastic yeah. in this. Um, I just get a, a wee note of the, the actress because I just had it up there playing early. It's Alicia Sutherland. Yeah, she's, she's a star. She's she's I mean, everybody in this is a star, I think. It's that little girl, the, the lead character um, and her, all absolute star turns. Mm-hmm. But just running through some of the violence because you can't sit and then and then and then and then. But we have um, a super sharp pair of scissors stuck up somebody's nose. That's one thing. Uh, a knife stuck through somebody's That's mouth. A tattooing injection thing nearly stuck in someone's eye, but cut the cheek. Yeah. Uh, someone's eyeball getting bitten out and then spat into someone else's <laughs> throat who then choked. And this is no sense of humour. <laughs> like, I mean, come on. <laughs> or the, I think you go on about the cheese grater scene, which what? is the thing what? that people seem to be talking about. It is, I don't actually find it that bad. You know, no, it's not nice, scene. but it's very quick. But you can see the deadite really getting enjoyed. She she it's sees really what's happening, and then she kind of goes, "Oh, this is fun," <laughs> and she rips it down her calf. But the worst part for me is um, the the older sister. Chewing the wine yeah. glass, saying, I have to get all those things out of my tummy. And the, she's chewing the wine glass, and you see the wine, and you see the glass going down. Sort of like poke through and, like and, a throat. And poke through a wee bit. And oh, that was the bit where I knew they weren't fucking about with this because I thought it was all just yeah, a the This is what the trailers done really well. The trailers just focused on the um, mummy loves you to death and oh, mummy's with yes. the maggots. That was all you see. It, it keeps it. on going, though. Um, I mean, we see a lot of the violence of what happens to the other people through, like, the people. That, oh, that is such a great scene, though. Yeah, and then that goes to the, sort of the cinematography of it. I mean, it's a very, very confined place, mm-hmm. and they're using like, in, inventive angles to make it look interesting and seeing all of that sort of chaos through that little people. Mm-hmm. Such a... I mean, I've got a people where yeah. I live, and that it, it's just such a good visual. <laughs> It really is. Yeah. Because what you see um, one of the characters getting an eye ripped out and then spat into the other character, but then from then, it's just all people. So you don't see a huge amount of what's happened to everyone. You hear things and you see mum, the mother, um, like cutting across the people and chasing different people. Young boys as well, yeah. again. It's uh, children, like kind of young teenagers are, um, are getting just eviscerated by this this nasty being um and and also actually maybe to go back a wee bit is after the the bath scene 
which maybe could have been played a bit like a jump scare. So <clears throat> once she starts crawling out the bath um, and the sister takes the kids away and it just focuses on the, the kind of, on a side-on view of the door to the bathroom and uh, Ellie, the mum, just kind of turns the corner, not like a jump-out scare. She just turns the corner and smiles, but she's got the, the horrible eyes about her. And then you don't notice, you don't see maybe until like a couple of frames later that she's just holding a pane of glass in her huge, hand. Huge pane of glass. <laughs> huge pane of glass, which is already cutting into her fingers. But it's just the way that the uh, Cronin kind of frames that. It's not like a head poking around the corner, bang, jump scare. It's very much, you know she's coming and it's kind of casually she comes around the corner and, and sticks smiles. That knife. And then starts, sticks the knife into yeah. your sister's hand. And she wraps yeah. it up with duct tape, you know. It works so well in the movies <laughs> to do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> duct tape, yep, it's yeah. magic. Right. And uh, um, other bits as well. Um, I mean, there's the most inventive monster in any of the uh, Evil Dead movies when they yeah. all become one. That is wild. And this is one thing I actually really liked about it because it obviously, um, as you're saying, there's not a lot of dialogue, not a lot of dialogue, there's not a lot of text in the Book of the Dead. It just focuses on image and we are seeing different demons for each person. Like the the one that um, takes over the mum is not the same one that takes over the older daughter and the the one that takes over the, uh, the son. They're not the same demon, which is maybe a bit more ambiguous in the earlier movies, but in this it's very clear that they're all different and then they become, yeah, as you're saying, it flicks to the pages that we see the kids tearing into the mother yeah, and and then it flicks to a page where it shows this kind of amalgamated many limbed thing which I've never seen anything like that before, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty no. interesting, yeah I think Cronin does really well because he doesn't f- really fully show it. Like you don't see every leg and every limb. You see the three heads at one point. You see a couple of hands of like five it's general hands. Shape. Yeah. Six, yeah, you don't get the full. And I think that's what makes the the finale really well done because it doesn't focus too much on actually what it looks like because it would look daft probably yeah. <laughs> like you would sit and you go and, and it would maybe fit because of the comedy of the movie but you would sit and go that's a wee bit it's a wee bit dodgy yeah. i mean it's never been one to sort of creatures there's some creatures in the tv show but they're just literal demons it's like guys in costumes and mm. outfits and latex and rubber yeah it's not like something that becomes of a like uh, takes on other people and it's so this is the most inventive of being of any creature in the entire saga, if you can call mm-hmm. it that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that leads yeah. up to the wood chipper. It's Chekhov's ship. It's that thing, isn't it? If you introduce a certain <laughs> thing early on in the first act, you have to use it in Act 3. And there is a wood chipper yeah. from a tree surgeon in the car park down below. <laughs> so obviously, they've got to use it. It's got to be done, and the thing is, you think the the two of them are getting away, and then the the young daughter gets pulled back, um, and then that's kind of what leads to the wood chipper part, isn't it? And it's great. I mean, it's the best use of wood chippers since Tucker and Dale versus yeah. Evil. And then that he just <laughs> threw himself in it. 
<laughs> the guy done it anyway. My God, this is a suicide pact. These kids are trying to kill themselves. <laughs> but it's really well done, and I, I like the fact that the um, the uh, oh God, I've totally forgot the character's name, but the sister and um. Beth, that's who it is. Beth gets away with the younger door. She, uh, I really she has like that because she becomes was, really badass by the end. Uh, it's sort of like the Ripley and Alien get away from her bitch moment, and that's always cool. Yeah. Uh, does she not say something like "fucking yeah. bring it"? And then, but then she trips up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think she throws this chainsaw. She throws a chainsaw, like, she throws a chainsaw at her, and she, uh, that kind of put anybody <laughs> off the step. I think. <laughs> so she says fucking bring it and then the deadites just throw the chainsaw at her and she goes oh fuck yeah. <laughs> falls over but yeah it was good to make it as much as I enjoyed the kind of nastiness of this movie I think it could have went a wee bit too far if they'd taken the young daughter yeah. as well I mean I think there's a line of right. nastiness I think a movie like Seen of Evil is just mean it's mean spirited and nasty mm. Uh, I don't want to spoil that because I don't want to sort of take somebody left field like that and ruin a movie that you might be watching. Yeah. No, of course I. But I this, mean, it's, it's nasty, but it's that thing, isn't it? It's If you punch somebody in the face once, it's horrible, but if you punch them in the first five, six, seven, twenty times, it's it's really funny, yeah. and that's what this movie does. It's These characters being punched in the first twenty times, and it's just so over the top that mm-hmm. it, it's not as obviously yeah. funny. But if you're on that yeah. sort of... Uh, if you have that level of dark yeah. humour in yourself already, you're yeah, going you're, to embrace you're it. You're on that speed, you get it. And yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> just as good as the remake. Maybe a little better. I, was, I would... I put this maybe... I said joint second, but I genuinely think... If I have another rewatch of this, it could be my favourite out of all of them because I'm not huge Evil Dead man. Like, then that's that's just me personally. But it could if it, if you're taking the franchise as a whole, I could genuinely see this being my favourite because I don't have the early affiliation oh, with it that a lot I mean, of people do. Evil Dead One is at the top for me, and uh, the remake, this and Number One, I don't have huge positive feelings about Number One. They're all sort of at a similar level for me. They're all equally good. And then the series, mm. and then notch, 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 notch. <laughs> <Me darkness. laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not a big fan of it. But yeah, this is just, it's just fun. And you feel weird laughing at mm. some of the things that happen in a cinema when, you know, you don't know the other people in the audience and you're just laughing at people being eviscerated. But <laughs> it's, it is what it is. <laughs> It's the most fun I've had by a horror movie since *Malignant*. Yeah, yeah. In the cinema, I genuinely feel like it is. It's on that kind of level where it's the, the filmmakers know what they're doing and they've went balls to the wall with it. And *Malignant* done the exact ridiculous. same thing, but it's it's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. This was a lot more violent than *Malignant*. I actually think. Um, I, I think *Malignant* um, had elements yeah. to it, but not to the level. It's plenty of violent, but it's in terms of. That's more obviously silly because it's got a person with their arms backwards and running backwards. Whereas yeah. <laughs> this is just, you know, the deadites being dicks. <laughs> just... mm. I think the thing about <laughs> ma- ma- Malignant, you didn't nah, know what you nah. were getting. You thought you were getting this uh, uh, James Wan ode to Jallo. It was kind a of a little bit. Minimally yeah. was there's, there is black gloves and a sharp object. But this is, you know, you, you kind of knew what you were getting. 
but it it kind of, it, it got it fantastically well. It got tonally, everything was brilliant. Maybe not. Um, it it doesn't go as silly as the Evil Dead Two. Um, it doesn't go full on comedy that way, but it's very very dark humor. Yeah, I mean, I think if it had the same sort of location as Evil Dead Two, I think it could. But because it's just a random flat, a random floor, and a random yeah. block of flats, I think that. I think it's we got as much as they could from that situation. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best decision they made. I mean, how many times can you watch a cabin in the woods? I mean, we've had a movie called mm. Cabin in the Woods. We've had Tucker and Dale versus Evil. You know, it's, it's, there's it's been like, and the, the original Evil Dead was probably the one that started the Cabin in the Woods trope. Don't popularise it certainly. Yeah, yeah, and we taking it out of that situation, but still condensing it. What fantastic! I, I, I can't speak for Scream Six, but that moved it to New York, and that was like a, a that's I mean, freshens it up. It takes it away from sort of maybe traditional settings and puts it somewhere new. Mm. It might not do it well, but it's it's fresh compared to the usual small town America. Yeah, um, I don't want to get into Scream Six because the more I've thought about that movie, the more oh, I've disliked that's, it. That's a pity, unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> tell the way you're putting, especially for someone that really likes Scream Five. Yeah. But um, well, it's yeah. new locations can give a, like a fresh air to a franchise entirely. I don't know whether they should do any more because honestly, it's just I don't know what else they can really do, and I'm okay with that. I'm fine with that. They have to don't do any more. Yeah. Yeah. I know Lee Cronin has said he has ideas moving forward for developing it. Um, I, I would rather, personally, they gave it, if they're going to make another Evil Dead, they gave it to another director and almost made it anthology style. Because we've heard that there's three Necronomicons, right? That was what they were talking about, the three Book of the Dead or something like that. So I think we've seen the one from the original Evil Dead. Have we? If it's in if it's in universe, is the one from 2013 the second, and is this the third? I, mean, I don't know. Originally, it was called Necronomicon Ex Mortis. It's called it something else entirely here, and I don't know what they called it in the 2013 yeah. or whatever it was remake. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think I think if they kept it almost, give it to another director, another writer, because I think Lee Cronin had a good bit of writing about this as well. I think he'd done a good mm. bit of writing for it. Um, and then develop it that way. And yeah, make it, make an Evil Dead, call it Evil Dead again or some fucking thing like that, with a new writer, new director. And... You can have links to the original. You have a newspaper sitting saying uh, so-and-so linked to deaths and flat or something like that. Like yeah. You can still do it. And it can still be its own thing. Because these are demons. They don't follow a, yeah, just a, as, a narrative. Just path. as long as you don't make it like the Pope's exorcist versus Evil Dead or something. I, I'm okay. God, there we go. <laughs> Russell Crowe just... I don't, I've not seen that yeah. yet, um, but Russell Crowe just furiously shouting at Necronomicons that are calling him a cunt. <laughs> like, he would not well, he's an Aussie, that's how they say hello over there. <laughs> <laughs> You're up to Glasgow, that's how we say hello. Um, but yeah, I think overall, uh, it, it, 
didn't live up to the hype because I know yeah. Rob, you've been you've spoken about this movie for a good while, and you're not one to go out your way to go to the cinema because it's quite a different yeah, thing for yourself. Yeah. But you made sure today you saw. Yeah, it I mean, movie. I don't think you can spoil it, but it's just a special franchise of me, Evil Dead. It's one of the sort of my, my, my centerpieces of why I like horror, and this it absolutely lived up to the expectations. I don't think it was overhyped. I think it just it's just a. a it can be taken badly, and people have, but it's just anarchy. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can really get that wrong, and I didn't know Lee Cronin had it in him because he did a very sort of meek, thoughtful like, uh, folk horror before this in A Hole in the Ground. Mm-hmm. and It's family-based it, again, wasn't it? It was mother and son type of thing. It pulls this out of somewhere, this nasty, mm-hmm. mean shit of the movie. It's It's brilliant. Yeah, mm. it's not anarchy in the UK this time. Or in fact, I, 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 I should not say anarchy in the UK to people from oh. Ireland. Anarchy in no. LA. Yeah. <laughs> I have a great deal of affection for this movie. I think it's one it, my favorite horror movie of the year so far. I don't think there's anything that comes remotely close to it. But there's a few things I need to catch up with. I mean you have different opinions on Outwaters. I'm not <laughs> one of the. I, I think I, I, I had more fun with this than I did with some Waters, people. I would say that. Hate Outwaters. I'm not one of those people. Uh, yep. I just think it could be a lot a damn sight shorter, just for for clarity. But so there we have it. Our discussion of Evil Dead Rise. Um, Rob, thanks very much for coming on. Um, it's been a great chat of one of yeah a, just a fantastically fun horror movie it feels like a, a good I wouldn't say old fashioned horror movie but just a, a great entry into a horror franchise and something that I'll definitely I can't wait to rewatch again to be honest I won't pay to see it again unless yeah. I buy it it's but. a big stupid <laughs> gory horror movie and that's what some, sometimes that's just what you want exactly Aye, brilliant. Um, so where can everyone uh, find you? can find me across social media at uh, Uncut Robcast. Oh, check out the podcast. Directors Uncut, wherever you get podcasts from. And you can find us at Where Is Nowhere. Um, I am at Nowhere Andy. We also have at Nowhere Larry. And Larry also has Your Move Creep podcast, a 1980s to 2000 action movie podcast. Give that a listen as well. And we will catch you.